Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers Podcast Haunted Spots in Milwaukee Fab Est Mansion F P A B S T Mansion Beer Baron Frederick Pabas was one of the city's wealthiest men and spared no expense on his home, designed by prominent architects George Bowman appearing in Alfred Charles Cress. Simplicated woodwork flows throughout, framing the orientally embossed fabrics around the during the walls. A massive chandelier made of wrought iron and ill anklers greets visitors in the reception hall. And when the family settled in the mansion in 1892, it boasted nine fully plumbed bathrooms as well as electrical and heating systems. But the private house had little time to enjoy it. Captain Paddas died in 1904. Mrs. Paddas, in 1906, it was in danger of becoming a parking lot when a non-profit now known as the Captain Frederick Paddas Mansion Incorporated bought it in 1978. Dawn H-O-R-I-G-A-N, his executive director says reports of a inexplicable phenomenon began shortly after a group acquired the home. The story spread in intrigued reps of the sci-fi new network hit series Ghost Hunters contacted Aragon to ask questions. Many of the purposes ghost stories are collected by Maria Lynn Bronski. M-A-R-Y-L-I-N-B-O-N-B-O-I-N-S-K-I. We were volunteered at the mansion from 1981 to a death in 2009. Some were published in the, the Predators Mansion's monthly newsletter. In summer 2010, volunteer Brenda Nemsty, N-E-M-E-T-Z, spent two months surveying staff, visitors and Visitors collect tales of ghostly phenomenon. Respondents discovered doors opening, closing, chandeliers shaking, objects falling to the floor. One witness reported a cold breeze that made her legs immobile. Another described perfume with an unseen ghost, an unseen spirit brushing past her. One of the most common tales includes involves a Labrador, laborer, going doing repairs or some other work. Who disturbed by a man overseeing the job. A labourer then approaches his museum volunteers to complain about a described noisy man. Asked me they shown an old picture. The lady the labourer identifies Captain Proptus as the overseer encountered. Feister Hotel P F I S T R when Charles Feister, son of a leather tanning tycoon, George Gaudio Feister, built the hotel in 1893, he was guided by his father's vision of a grand hotel for the West, a palace for people, says Joe Kurth, K-U-R-T-H, the hotel's general manager, and grand it is, goldy frames, the walls as far as I can see. A shiny marble staircase to a 
Cherovic movie above the lush lobby. For many a century, the Feister has enjoyed a reputation as one of Milwaukee's finest hotels. An internet search yields numerous accounts of a portly, smiling gentleman resembling Charles Feister overlooking the lobby from the Grand Sandcase. These tales back, date back at least 10 years. In May 2009, Florida's Palm Beach Post reported that four Florida Americans players, M-A-R-L-I-N, as at the Feister witnessed events so spooky, insisted on sharing rooms. Associated Press and even the Today Show picked up the story, providing accounts of many other major league players who heard strange noises and experienced odd phenomenon in the hotel. AP reported that the current Milwaukee brewer, Carlos Gomez, who who played in the Missouri Twins at the time, heard voices in his room and was spooked when his iPod began changing songs for no reason. Kerf doesn't mind the haunted images so much. There's a matter, it's wonder that comes in with it. But he says that after all press coverage in 2009, the hotel solicited stories about ghosts from long time employees that come up empty handed. Right on the track, Roadhouse Calf. If you're looking for an out of the world experience, over a bowl of chilli, you might try this diner in St. Francis Man- Manager, Keely Scorodato, S-C-O-R-D-A-T-O, has seen patrons arm hand stand on end as they put an unseen entity touching them. Scorodato recounts a number of paranormal occurrences, including Tupperware shelves fl- flying off the shelves, cake batters crashing off tables, Coffee machines overflowing with no apparent reason. Patrons regularly reporting seeing a shadow in the kitchen doorway, but no one's there. Gloria Berengenberg, B A N D E N B U R G, Sandra Andrew's mother and the restaurant owner, lives above the restaurant and says she often hears voices and sounds of a party downstairs, music, righteous voices. When she ventures down to the cafe, it's quiet and empty as she left it. The restaurant opened in 2005, but the building was built in 1860s. Brandenburg believes the old timers say it, it was a brothel until the 1950s. Older gentlemen would use it to drive taxis, but a lot of men here, she says. A lot of lady, a lot of older ladies say the dads used to come here. Nedeline Ledger of the Tri-Country paranormal group investigated the restaurant last and and picked up electronic voice from them and lurid conversations and references to women going topless. Sarah Dario's five-year-old daughter, Elisa, has told her mother that she plays in the basement with a man called Jack. Elisa's been told, not been told about a ghost in the building, but since she's been playing in the basement, she picked up an old-fashioned vocabulary, scandal and vandal, villain. Sorry, included. No one else has seen this man. Baron Berg has embraced the history shady the building's shady history. The docker includes antiques found during remodelling 
and a collection of vintage-style nightgowns. Pyramid photographs of the building, taken by women, who appear to have been the working girls of the brothel, are displayed above the bar. There's even an old newspaper story documenting the end of prohibition. You can eat, read, read while eating a meal. Blumbermansha, B-U-M-B-E-R. Built in 1910 by George Bum a German-language publishing frame, the mansion housed a great, a grand Gothic staircase, arts and crafts style details, one of many magnificent manors gracing the old Grand Avenue. Home was a gift to Brunder's son, George Jr., who lived in the mansion with his family of some 15 years before selling it. Sam Pick, a notorious Chicago club owner and gangster, converted the mansion to a speakeasy in the high-stakes gambling operation. In 1928, Pick was injured in a shotgun attack on the corner of Water and Wichacon. In Milwaukee Sentinel article, we were taught in the shooting claim confirms Miss Pick indeed inhabited it for home. Though perhaps for his, her husband's section, she claimed he can't live with her for years. Con- country directories confirmed she and her son stayed there till 1933. After Pick's left, the house changed hands many numerous times. So there's a boarding house, a pastorage, and it was uh, until being covered, converted to a bed and breakfast in 1998. When Tom and Jim Julie Carr brought the Brumder br- in 2008, Julie says the spirits enjoyed teasing the living vacuums were unplugged for no reason. Things went missing. She claims several spirits called the mansion's home. So it is a bit sweet and motherly and haunts the gold, gold suit. Sweet. A melancholy woman favours a third floor. She looks out the window. A ghostly maintenance man keeps an eye on the bill room in the base room, basement. Guess who claims to be a psychic approached Julie from a list from Serena who insisted the basement should be pretty and bright and retain its hardwood floors. Joe Canuto, C-O-U-T-O, founded the North Alliance a paranormal investigator says he has seen apparitions in the building on two separate occasions, both times while occupied by a group. Occupied by a group. They saw a man cross in front of them to the ballroom stage, and on the third floor, a member of the group felt someone pressing on the foot. Someone pointed out a flashlight in the direction of activity, and Kota saw an apparition of a, man, a woman. But Judy believes that they are friendly spirits, and she has the all good Midwest manners. Sabbatic, S-A-B-B-A-T-I-C. On any given night, an unclaimed shot of Powers Irish whiskey sits on the bar at the Sabbatic in West Point's Walker's Point, accompanied by a single note for the ghost. Something, some, it's something of a peace offering of a ghost who has caused quite a stir at the Sabbatic. Jane J Stamentis S A S T A M A T S, general manager of the punk rock theme bar, has heard footsteps emanating from an empty second 
floor. As says one bartender dashed out of the building, questioning his severity after seeing the apparition of an old man, apparently deader than a dead Kennedy. Sabanica's interior is a sophisticated take on the classic punk decor. There are posters saying homage to the misfits, paying homage to the misfits and their contemporaries. But its dark wood burgundy walls and ambient lighting gives it the grown-up feel. So Metis believes the 1890s era building was once a boarding house, a brothel for long horsemen working in nearby docks. Directors list it as a soft drink establishment, a standard improvism for a speakeasy during production, and as a tavern since then. It was once about ten small bedrooms on the second floor. It was bartender Marty Gomez, G-O-N, Z-A-L-E-S, who saw the ghost in February 2010 while closing up, just taking out the trash and locked the doors. I saw a skinny old man in a suit with long grey hair standing out inside the building. Gomez says he wondered how the man had gotten in and was about to throw him out when a person moved towards him without moving his legs, as Gomez calls it. Gomez got bartender, grabbed his coat, set an alarm and left without closing his teal for the moment like. Gomez is a tough guy, Stavitz says, and last person banished stories. Skin is a stark calling, even think about it, he says. After that, Stavitz checked with the previous owner, said his staff had been seen and heard strange things, that one worker saw an apparition of a man in the basement liquor room. So far, the shot of powers has yet to be quaffed. Marina Centre of Non-Profits, M-A-R-I-A-N, the campus' oldest building, originally known as the Loretto Hall, opened in 1904 as an all-girls Catholic boarding school, St Mary's Academy, Rosemary Hill, and the Clare Wing was added in 1931 and 1935 respectively to accommodate St Clare College, which eventually became Cardinal Stritch. College. In 1962, Cardinal Stritch outgrew the building and moved to its current location as St Mary's took over the space. The company graduated its last class in 1991 and the Arena Centre began renting out classrooms as office space and meeting facilities for artists, writers and others. Lorinda Morocci, M-O-R- O C H I N S K I Operations Manager recounts the story of one tenant who was looking looking out the night in Rosemary Hall when she heard a fabric swishing, peering towards the curving, she ran she saw a nun in full habit walking towards her, noticeably excellent with so- sounds of footprints and footsteps. Sister passed through the doorway, connecting Rosalina Rosemary C and Loretto Halls, but when the tenant followed, she found the doors, found the, the doors, as always, were still locked. One aspect is still, is quite courteous. As the tenant entered the building with her hands full of unseen present, turned lights on. There's been nothing negative, Morochki says. Everyone says that they, when they come into the building, they feel a sense of peace and calm, 
We're happy with that. Shakers. Built in 1894, Shakers has, has a tall brick facade, typically of the Walker's Point neighbourhood. Inside it has high ceilings made of ornately pressed tin, tip brass top front bar, a stainless glass divider that separates the back room, a Victorian style seating area where antique portraits add air relevance. Before Milwaukee's street number, num, renumbering, the building was at 214-216 Reed Street. Again, there's a corruptorage that made barrels, cooperage that made barrels as a subsidiary of the Schwartz Brewing Co., according to the owner of Shaker's Bill White, Bob Weiss, B-W-I-E-W-E-I-S-S. City relatives show that from the early 1900s through 1923, the property served as a coal and oil distribution house for the William J. Kramer Oil Company. Next from that, what has learned, the building served as a speakeasy, earned by Jack Zagazan. Z-A-G-O-Z-A-N. We were brothel known as the Hotel Frisco <coughs> in the upper floors. <coughs> no records verify this illegal activity, yet as soon as the provision ended in 1933, Zoe registered the building as a tavern, which has been ever since. Since Shakers opened in 1986, staff and customers alike have recounted stories of despicable occurrences and otherworldly sightings. Lights and fried bulbs turn on and off by themselves. Doors seen by closed by unseen hands. The figures appear and disappear. Why says the ghost can we get or get confusional? Sometimes on busy nights you see someone that actually sits at a table with people. They're there, but they're not quite there. It's melomanic shades of grey and black and grey, he says. The basement is said to be the home of a spirit called O'Connor with a pendant <coughs> for pilfering, the Bales Well Whiskey. Well, it says a long list of delivery drivers, repairmen, and employees have run upstairs from the basement into fright, in fright. Some of them have left the building and their jobs. Behind altogether. They encountered sudden changes in temperature, temperament, temperature, unexplained shadows, and items moving seemingly on their own. A walk in cooler no longer used has a spooky presence. The door takes great force to be opened or closed, it makes a High-pitched scraping noise as it moves across the concrete floor. Barman, bartender Amy Sharif, S-A-R-F-F, says employees who entered it might find the door mysteriously shut behind them. All you hear is a click. They turn around and the door is closed, she says. Sharif says employees are warning are warned to bring their cell phones when they enter the basement. The most talked about spirit is Elizabeth, the 
Name behind the bar, distinctive drink, Elizabeth's Ro- Rose- Raspberry Mantini. Almost as soon as the bar opened, Waits says, We had a woman come out of the ladies' room saying, Who's that little girl? They say, What little girl? There's no kids here, he says. In the restroom, she's seen her giggling and knocking on stall doors. Sometimes she's, sometimes her little boots are seen underneath the door. She's been reported to play with the hair of women sitting in the back room. Two psychics investigated, investigated told Whites that in 1850 the land building now occupies was an orchard. Elizabeth, they claim, fell from a tree, broke her neck and died. To complete the legend, it's an antique project of a baby that came with the building. Weiss and others suspect the baby's Elizabeth. Weiss has a, one other story that may explain that all the spooks during the big area days. Seen as a party of city hall types and some got out of line. The story is that per the psychics, they were disposed of and were buried downstairs.